Cause this is for the rasa This is for the rasa Rasa, rasa This is for the rasa This is Reformed Rasa my name is Martin Velasquez, alongside with my brothers, Justin Corona. And what's up, everybody? This is Pastor Vic. Yeah, yeah. You are now tuned in to Reformed Raza, episode number 30. Already, bros. Already. This is Reformed Raza. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram. Uh, hit us up at reformedraza at gmail.com for any, for any questions, comments, concerns, or rebukes. And uh, we would truly appreciate if you leave a five-star uh, review and uh, comment on Apple Podcasts. That's where you're listening to. But we are also on all major podcast streaming platforms. We are on the Anchor app. And um, we're everywhere, man. So Yeah. Yeah, Reform Raza. This is a podcast where we don't bore you about what's going on in our day. And we just get right into it. So let's get into let's it. Get it in. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. So uh, today we're gonna be tackling the doctrine of adoption. Ooh. So if you haven't listened to our previous episodes where we talked about justification by faith and theology matters, this is going alongside with those that we're just getting it in. We're we're, we're laying down the groundwork and the foundation of the Christian faith because these are the doctrines that are truly important to our walk because in laying down these doctrines, a bunch of things open up and you'll be able to answer the harder questions that come up in the Bible if we lay down this foundation and we know what we're talking about from this point of view right here. Mm-hmm. So the effects of justification by faith alone is now that we are uh, we are adopted into the family of God as sons and daughters of God the Father Almighty. Yeah. And so what is adoption? What does it mean when that we say that we're adopted into the family of God? Well, I would like to start off by reading from the Westminster Shorter Catechism. And uh, I think it's a really good definition of what adoption means. It says, adoption is an act of God's free grace whereby we are received into the number and have right in all the privileges of the sons of God. Mm. So with being adopted into the family of God, uh, we're co-heirs with Christ, meaning we have an eternal inheritance and a place uh, in heaven after we die, right? But not only that, but we have <coughs> privileges even here on this earth. But also, let me read from the uh, Westminster Confession of Faith, also on adoption in chapter uh, 12. It says, All those that are justified, God, it's, a, it's an old version, God vouchsafeth. Yeah, I remember I was reading that one too, and I was like, like I was like, what? I've never what seen this word that? before. <laughs> the King James version, right here. He used the voucher, <laughs> vouchsafeth, in and for His only Son Jesus Christ to make partakers of the grace of adoption, by which they are taken into the number and enjoy the liberties and privileges of the children of God. Have His name put upon them receive the spirit of adoption, have access to the throne of grace with boldness, are enabled to cry, Abba, Father, are pitied, protected, provided for, and chastened, actually, by him as, as by a father, yet never cast off, but sealed to the day of redemption to mm. and inherit the promises as heirs of everlasting salvation. Mm. That's a whole sermon right there. All right, guys, Seriously. that's our episode. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there's a lot packed into what is adoption. Mm. Uh, not only are we, because when we hear about adoption, we like to think about the benefits and the privileges, and that's good. And we should focus on that because that should encourage us to walk in boldness and be able to come before the Lord as children of God. But what does it say right here? Discipline also. Discipline comes. Uh, with being children of God, like in Hebrews chapter 12, it says, you know, uh, 
uh, don't count it. Uh, I, I don't know exact wording. No, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> well, but uh, how, how it says that just as much as you receive discipline from, from your earthly fathers, fathers yeah. yeah, you're gonna receive diff- discipline from your heavenly father. And now that it's not fun stuff, but it's necessary. Yeah. So even there's even that a- aspect of uh, of adoption where we are taken cared for and we are provided for and we have mm-hmm. all the privileges and as a co-heirs with Christ, but also since we are children of God. Uh, and since we're not perfect, uh, we're going to have some discipline. Uh, the Lord is going gonna, is gonna to show some discipline, but for our benefit. It's always for mm. our benefit. So, um, so I think the, the first question we can ask ourselves, then, what is adoption? Um, we read, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Westminster, and I believe you just read right now the 1689, right? The London? No, that's the Westminster Confession of Faith. Uh, well, the London does. Because <laughs> it does say that in the London one, too. Oh, I, I read really? that one earlier, yeah. I'm more of a Westminster Confession of Faith kind of guy. I don't align with any yet. I have yet to read them fully to make my judgment. But, um, yeah. <clears throat> but yeah, so adoption, before we even read the Bible, we understand adoption as... Um, a child is an orphan and a family chooses to adopt a child to bring them into their family, into their home and treat them as one of their own. Yeah. And so I've only known, I, I believe two people in, in all of my life that, that have been adopted before. Really? Yeah. I've never known anybody. Yeah. I've only known two people who were an orphan. Actually. Yeah. You should know one. Oh, sorry. I shouldn't have said that. I'm going to bleep that out. Now. <laughs> but uh, yeah, she she was adopted from Romania. That's crazy. Yeah. And then and then um, I have another brother from when I used to work at Quicksilver in downtown Disney. I didn't even know this until he was sharing his story, how he found his real family. That's crazy. Yeah. But um, but yeah, so adoption is basically that when when a family goes and 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 purchases almost but but goes through the the legal proceedings of, or that whole um the whole process to to take a, a child that wasn't theirs and receive them as theirs so i think the, the a better way that i i can describe it or understand it mm-hmm. is um when we're talking about justification by faith we we, we talked about the courtroom scene where mm-hmm. you know the the criminal comes into the courtroom and then the judge declares him, you know, not guilty and justified. And I said another one, oh, you know, he says, get out of my courtroom. But with adoption, he, not only does the judge pay his fine and clears him from any debt, but it's like the judge says, you know what? You're going to come home with me and mm-hmm. you're going to come into my family and you're going to be one of us and you're gonna you're gonna be taken care for and provided for man you're gonna make me cry <laughs> <laughs> so imagine that imagine oh, that yeah, there, you know, criminal you know standing before the judge you know walking in that courtroom thinking oh the judge gonna he's gonna let me have it you know but then mm-hmm. the judge flips the script and says you know what you're free of debt but not only that you're gonna come and you're gonna live with me now so yeah. I, I think that, that, that i think that well, 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 but at least for me that's how i I can understand it a little bit more clearly you know, mm. as how God brings us in as his own children. Cause you know, Romans, it says that we were once uh, enemies of God. Yeah. And then in Ephesians it says we were children by nature. We were children, children of wrath. wrath. Yeah. Yeah. And so just the fact that, that God will do this for rebellious and evil and wicked criminals, mm-hmm. that he would uh, sacrifice his only begotten son just to bring us in. That's, I mean, that that blows my mind every time. Yeah, you know I mean, I think it's important to to view to view it that way because um, sometimes we we just focus so much on justification and and you know ha- having God as a picture of a judge that sometimes we don't look to God as a father. Yeah. And so whenever we uh, something happens, we mess up or something, or, or I'll just say we we sin, we act like if uh, God's going to be that judge again. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, now we're, we're going back to, to the law. Now we're going back to condemnation. Now we're going back to that. But I think it's very important to to have the, yeah, those two views. One, that God is a good, ju- good judge, but to the believer, he becomes a good father to you. Yeah. And that's going to change your perspective. It's going to free you from a lot of things. Ultimately, it'll fill you with joy. Uh, just knowing God in a personal and a deeper way. And then just to touch bases on what Justin said, uh, he chooses God chooses who he's going to adopt, who's going to 
he have into his household. And I think that's very beautiful because the world can only know God as a creator. The world uh, can only know God as a judge, but the mm-hmm. believer knows him deeper in a deeper, intimate way. They can know him as a father. That That's going to change your perspective in life, in your walk. And I think it's very important to, to view him as a father. You know what? I, I remember... Um, I remember when when we were really just looking into adoption. I remember seeing that um, that adoption must proceed from justification. Yeah, it, they go hand in hand, <clears throat> and it only, in a, in a, in a way it made me uh, rethink. Like whenever we go to um, Ventura, yeah, or or to to the jail to go do prison ministry, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be. I don't think it would be not not fair. Um, I don't know how to say, it, but okay. So God justifies, right? Mm-hmm. If he were to just leave the justified man to his own, he would only bring himself back to court. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. But then he opens a door to where it's like now, now it's okay. So like, so people who go who have been in an, in and out of prison, right? They they got themselves in there for one reason or another. Um, one of the best things that they would need would be type of counseling, right? Yeah. Someone that, that will help to be there, talk them through situations, help um, guide them in a, in, a, in a right direction so they don't find themselves back in the jail. And I'm not saying that, you know, what um, people who are justified um, will end up going back. No, I'm saying that that God's um, only only right direction after being justified would be adoption. That he then will will take care of us, cast uh, chastise us as as we just read. Mm-hmm. Um, that he will care for us so much so that he would discipline us, that he would guide us and direct us in in the path that we should go. Mm-hmm. And even uh, if you read uh, the Westminster Confession of Faith and the Westminster Shorter Catechism, mm-hmm. um, justification, adoption, and sanctification are always together. Yeah. Those are the like the three main components of what what happens at salvation and they're all positional but they're also they're also relational yeah justification you're justified and through that justification you're adopted and through that adoption is sanctification so mm-hmm. in that there is a personal relationship that we have with god so we hear we hear it all, all the time it's almost like a cliche now Oh, you need to have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, right? But this is where the, that relationship really happens because when we are adopted into his family, he becomes our father. Now we have that relationship between the father and the son. And not only that, but adoption, The every time the Bible mentions adoption, it mentions the spirit of adoption. So adoption has to do with the working of the Holy Spirit in the believer. Yeah. So that's where sanctification comes in. And we're being sanctified as positionally we are we're sanctified we're we're, uh, holy and there's progressive sanctification where we work out our holiness yeah so it's all in relation with god with what god has done in our life and it all starts with justification and then Mm -hmm. leads through adoption and actually you know what i I think it's cool because like how you mentioned uh, justification adoption sanctification they all start by what faith faith yeah exactly so all of these, mm-hmm. all of this doing, all of this process that leads us to e- eternity, to perfection, mm-hmm. is none of our doing. Mm-hmm. It is all of faith. It's it all, it all begins with faith. Yeah. And and so it, then then we could go back. If if I can't be adopt, I can't be begin a process of sanctification unless I am adopted. Mm-hmm. I can't be adopted unless I'm justified. Mm-hmm. I can't be justified unless I have faith unto Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And regeneration, being born again, the work of the Holy Spirit, it's its all simultaneously, you know yeah, what I mean? It all works. And, and it's all working of, of God, the Holy Spirit, in the believer's life. And that's mm-hmm. a good thing that we do have uh, the Spirit of God dwelling within us that is able to guide us through, you know, what is pleasing to God and what is not pleasing to God. But the main thing that we got to focus is that our position as sons of God, sons and daughters of God, it cannot be removed. Mm-hmm. It cannot be broken. We are eternally the fathers till the day of Jesus Christ is going to hold us down. Um, and so then our, I guess an, another question then, well, I think we pretty much answered it was, um, how are we adopted? 
Well, Sorry, I had to drink my... That was a loud gulp. I had to drink my coffee right here. Uh, how are we adopted? Through the Spirit of God. Yeah. Uh, it's the Spirit of God uh, uh, that brings us in and changes our heart from that... He, gives a, he takes away that stony heart and gives us a heart of flesh. A heart that is now uh, lean towards God and His... Uh, his love and we want to please mm-hmm. him more it's the spirit of god that really does all the work in us man yeah. and and then um I, I would even add to that that yeah like how you mentioned like our hearts are now inclined towards him mm-hmm. because he gave us a new heart it is it it is almost as if this new heart is already um preset to yeah. be inclined towards him yeah and we see that in the believer because they will persevere they will endure they will persevere to the end and 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 and, and then we move into the next thing. Well, why is adoption important for a believer? Not not so much the doctrine itself, but why is the positional status of being a child of God important for us? Because that's uh, where we get all the benefits from. As because in this life we're gonna walk, and we're, man, <laughs> we're gonna fall short. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. We are gonna have some trouble, and we're gonna slip up, and we're gonna go. We're gonna have some battles within ourselves that. That we're gonna be dealing with. Why? Because we lived a life full of sin. We lived a life full of rebellion. We lived a life that was running away from God. But now that we have come into the family of God, uh, we need to understand what it is that is pleasing to God. Not because all oh, we had to appease this wrathful and this vengeful God. No, because since our heart are now inclined to Him. We want to please him. So the believer wants to please God mm-hmm. and he out of love for him and what he has done in his life, out of gratitude, out of joy, because that's what that's what God has done in that person's life. So it's important that we understand this positionally, but not only that, so that can uh, we can work out our, our salvation with fear and trembling also. Yeah. I think it's uh, really important to know adoption or, or you as a believer that you, that that you are adopted, that you are a son or a daughter, you have sonship, the spirit of sonship is in you. I think it's important to know because one of, just uh, one of my experiences was uh, coming into Christianity and not really knowing the doctrines, not really knowing the word of God. Uh, you kind of look to God as just, like I mentioned earlier, just this judge that even if you, uh, if you, if you sin, you mess up, uh, I don't want to go back to that courtroom scene. Yeah. I don't want to go back to, to, to the courts because I know one thing. Uh, if I go back, I, I'm going to be guilt, be found guilty again. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think it's very important because uh, one of the things is it, it really does free you up. It really does give you that um, that intimacy with God. Yeah. yeah. Knowing that you can always go back to the father and I, I know for instance for me uh, uh my relationship with with my dad here here on earth uh it, it's cool uh i know that 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 sometimes even when i see him because I, I don't see him as much anymore he says hey uh, don't forget to call me hmm. don't forget that i'm still your dad even though you're growing up and you're out of the house i, I know just just know I, i'm still here i'm still alive uh Acknowledge me. That relationship, and also with God, it's like, hey, I'm right here. Don't forget yeah. that I'm right here, and 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 I'm your father, and I love you because uh, one of the things that that sometimes it's hard for even me for me to grasp that because uh, Jesus, uh, he is a, he is the Son, and, and him. You look at the Gospels, and and the, you see relationship between the Son and the Father, and and how much the Father says, "This is my Son, who who I am pleased well, with," yeah. and and all of these things that that even Jesus said, "Me and the Father are one," and this and that, and to the believer, all of the how the Father looks at the Son is applied to the believer's life. Because mm-hmm. because sometimes. Uh, um, we just look to God as this angry judge, but you look into God as a father, and He looks at you as a son now. That he, that He delights in you. Mm, yeah. That, that that even Jesus said to the disciples before He He left. He said, "I will not leave you as orphans, or I will not abandon you. I will come to you when you call on to me." Mm. That that that's a promise to the disciples. That's a promise to the believer. That. If you call on to me, I'm not going to abandon you. I'm not going to leave you as an orphan. We're not orphans anymore. We're now sons of, of God. Not not that we have that 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 deity. Not that we are, we're, we're gods or anything. 
but that we can look to God as a father and he looks to us as a son and that's going to free you up from so many things um uh, I took a trip to Mexico one time and I was just I just felt this burden I just felt like man I feel like everything's getting burned and then I, I came across this book which I, I have here in my hands what is it's it called, called uh, Reforming Joy Wow. And it's going through, <laughs> it's going through the book of Galatians, and it's basically uh, uh, talking about the, the solas, and and then it came across adoption, mm-hmm. and then I, I realized that I, I didn't really know God as a father, or I, or it didn't capture me. So then when I came back to Mexico, and you know I, I felt like I was struggling or something, I just. Uh, I just remember the adoption. I just remember the doctrine. I just remember that I can come to God and that he delights in me, mm-hmm. that he's my father. Uh, I mean, th- for me, this is something beautiful. And it's really important for you as a believer to know that you have an intimate relationship with, with, with God, the father, that no one else can experience except his sons and daughters. This is, uh, for me, this is beautiful. I, I think one of the... How, how I mentioned earlier, um, um, God doesn't leave us just justified, yeah, to to go on to our own. But and I and I think where where it, it clears the air in that area is is in Romans eight, um, fourteen, where it goes on to say it says, "For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery." to fall back into fear but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry abba father mm. the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of god and if children then heirs heirs of god and fellow heirs with christ provided we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him and um and and, and this scripture is important because just like just as i said if we were to just be left there as being justified, the things of God would be a burden for us. It would be like this, how I yep. mentioned, we didn't receive a spirit of slavery. Yeah. How are we going to go back? And, and, and now that we know that we have been justified, how are we going to go and try to um, work our, our way to holiness? Because that's what comes after adoption is, is a sanctification. And, and, and in another episode, we're going to go more... In, into sanctification and, and, and how that works and and, yeah. and all that but um we we don't come out of the courtroom to go back into working um working on our own to burden ourselves by the law or burden ourselves by um the scriptures no instead we we, we receive the spirit of god that now we are children and and by that god is going to be our help he he gives us the holy spirit which is our helper jesus said it himself that he's going to send a helper which is the holy spirit and, and and by that when we are children this helper is not helping us is no longer a burden but we could rest in him and jesus says for all those who are weary heavy laden and burdened those who are burdened referring to those that are trying to work for their own righteousness those who are trying to work under the law to try to um what's it called to to try to work their way towards righteousness to try to work their way out of the courtroom those are the people that are burdened because they're working with no with no progress he says come to me and you will and you will find rest that is us we do find rest in jesus christ because no longer are we a slave to the law no longer are we burdened under the law or burdened under any of these things but now we rest in him and 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 naturally we will produce fruit naturally by the spirit of god working in us we will produce these things just as we mentioned in other episodes it comes natural for the believer to move forward in these things to love god to love neighbor and all these things because the spirit convicts us of sin the spirit will will only push us further want to read about the word read about god and and understand these things so we can help other people stir other people up in the love of god as hebrews goes on to mention too yeah, and I think that um, that all goes together also with uh, the book of Galatians. Yeah, uh, even right here mm-hmm. in chapter three and chapter four, dude. I mean, <laughs> if we were to go through it right now, we're, we're not going to finish this episode, you know what I mean? But uh, Paul, um, he goes on to write about justification by faith, and then he goes into the law and then the adoption. So even it goes together in that. But uh, Paul's main argument is against Peter. 
how he was chilling with the Gentiles and then the Jews came and then he's like uh, late and he went to go <laughs> sit with them and then he and then Paul rebukes Peter like dude why are you trying to live by the law as these Pharisees do why are you trying to go back to the law and that's what you were saying earlier yeah that why why would we want to go back to that system why would we want to go back to try to uh, live by the law when the law wasn't meant for salvation it was just meant to show us our sin and our need for a savior like why would you want to go back to that system you that you're not a- even able to fulfill and then he goes on to justification by faith and he goes you've been adopted Mm-hmm. Into the family of God Why do you want to go back And he, he uses uses the example of um, Hagar and Sarah You know God made a covenant with Abraham And he says I, I, I will produce in you offspring As numerous as the stars This is the promise I have made with you And then he, he made the covenant in circumcision And then um, Then after that you know Abraham being a man, <laughs> being a sinful person, wow. uh, he he, he uh, went and and although he's known as a father of faith, uh, he still went and had a kid on his own with a slave woman. And then Paul uses his example of, okay, you got this children that is enslaved, they're in bondage, but now you got the children of the promise. To this to this child and to the heirs belong all the adoption, belong the. The, the, the promises and the freedom of God in Christ to the promised child. Don't be the, the sons of the slave that are, are in bondage and bond, in bondage to sin mm-hmm. and are left with dealing with the law by themselves without a savior. Your sons, your adopted sons, just like, just like uh, Isaac was uh, uh, the promised son. You are part of that family. You're part of that bloodline. And even Romans 9 says that the 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 people according to the flesh of, of Abraham, these are not the real sons of Israel, but the ones that have the faith of Abraham. These are counted, are accounted as Israel. So as the, the people that have the faith of Abraham, these are the real children of God. And then Romans 9 goes on to yeah. all these other things. But uh, in Galatians... Um, he makes this he says this right here it's almost like Romans he says uh, I mean that the heir Romans 4 says I mean that the heir as long as he is a child is no different from a slave though he is the owner of everything but he is under guardians and managers until the date set by his father in the same way we also when we were children we were enslaved to the elementary principles of the world AKA sin. Mm. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those who were under the law, so that we might receive adoption as sons. And because you are sons, excuse me, God sent God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, crying, Abba Father. Excuse me. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a son, then an heir through God. So when he says that when we were uh, when we were children, we we're no different from the slave, meaning um, uh, through the owner of everything. But he is under a guardian, meaning that's the law. That's the law that we were under. We were it was it was uh, our guardian to keep us until the date set by the father that he would send forth his son to free the people that were in bondage and brings them into himself. He draws them to himself that he might set them free mm-hmm. and i said before that it has always been the plan of god uh, for him to bring gentiles to himself which we are included and now we're included into israel even romans 11 says that we're engrafted into the olive tree yeah. the chosen uh people of god we have been engrafted into them but then it gives us a warning to not take this engrafting in vain do not do not take it so lightly that if God did not even spare the that chosen people of Israel, how much you who are just engrafted into the vine. But that does not mean that we cannot, you know, that we can that he's just gonna cut us off. It's just a warning that keep in step. Mm-hmm. Keep in step with the with what God has established for you as adopted sons of God. And so that's how we are to live as the free people, as a people that have received the promises of God. That's mm-hmm. how we ought to live out of gratitude and uh, um, as uh, love for God. 
And man, this just uh, fills you up with joy because uh, I, I'm about to read a list right now. The contrast is between living as a slave or living living as a as a child of God because uh, some sometimes when you, when you get involved too much in in ministry or focus so so much on on politics or the rules, you forget sometimes that what you what you started in the first place. And so sometimes, uh, not knowing it, you want to go back to, like the Galatians, going back to the law. And like you said, Paul's argument was you, you've been justified by faith. You've been yeah. adopted. How is it that you can go back into slavery? Even the, the scripture that you read, uh, Justin, in Romans, that, that God did not give us the spirit of slavery, but mm-hmm. but he gave us the, the, the spirit of sonship, which we cry out, Abba, Father. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm going to read two, uh, just two of them. Uh, not, not two of them. Uh, there's, there's four that I want to read, but... But the first one is going to point out the slavery, and the second one is going to po- point out what, how the child is supposed to react. First one is this. Uh, this, is, this is a slave. Having or missing a daily time of Bible reading and prayer feels like a burden. Mm. But the child reading the Bible and praying each day feels like talking to your father. Mm. Uh, the, the next one is... Uh, you often try to second guess what others are thinking so that you can please them. This is the, 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 the slavery, the child, the view of other people matter, but the view of your father matters more than them. Mm. So it's, it's not really about others' opinion, but it's like, what does my heavenly father have to say or have to think about this? Uh, next one, the, the, the spirit of slavery is when, when service feels like a duty, you knuckle down. But the child of God, when service feels like a duty, you remind yourself of your father's love. So it's not so much about the duty. It's not so much about the works. It's about God, uh, your relationship with God, God, you and God. Uh, the next one is um, you worry about the future. Hmm. A slave just worries about the future. and But the child of God, you think in the worst case scenario, I'm still a child of God and heir of glory. In other words, no matter what happens in this life, things are going to happen. Uh, the inheritance, yeah. the kingdom of God. God himself. And uh, the, the last one that I want to read is, uh, you feel guilty if you have to miss a prayer meeting. That's slavery right there. But the child of God, you feel disappointed if you have to miss a prayer meeting. In other words, you can't wait to get into prayer. Uh, when, when, uh, when, when it's time to get into the presence, you're delighting in this. It doesn't feel like, man, I have to pray now. Mm-hmm. Or man, why why do we have to pray so much? And or or even even at church, man, why are you guys always praying? No, no, the, the <laughs> child of God wants to pray. The child of God wants to intercede. Why? Because that's you and, and your heavenly Father having a right relationship, just thinking and and dwelling. And this is the most amazing thing that you can have intimacy with the Father now. You can come into His presence, and uh, I, I don't see why you would want to go back to to. To, to the law just like you said um, from from the book of Galatians it's, it's like Paul's like are you are you are you full are you dumb what's wrong <laughs> are you so foolish Paul grasped it we, we have a relationship with God we have intimacy with him he has given us a spirit of sonship how are you going back into slavery this is why Jesus came. He lived that life of a son so that you can have the life of a son as well. And uh, man, just check yourself. If you're listening to this, check yourself. If you're if you're feeling like a slave or if you're you're feeling repent, bro. No, no I, I think I think uh, uh, that answers the question that you asked earlier. Was why is adoption important? Yeah. Because if we don't know this doctrine, then we're not going to know it. Uh, positionally and then we're gonna keep on thinking that we're enslaved but in reality we're free we're not gonna realize that we're free in Christ and that he is our father and that he has grace for us in the times that we do mess up I I think it presents um, the importance of adoption it presents the case that we are now secure yeah because without the knowledge that we are his children and and even just being able to understand this doctrine but um, without grasping this, we will be insecure Christians. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Always in fear mm-hmm. of um, losing salvation. Always in fear of messing up. And so it will be almost like that, that that parable of the debtors. I knew you were a harsh man. I knew mm-hmm, you were this yeah. and that. Mm-hmm. And so now it's like we we you can't you you almost like stub yourself from growing 
because it's it's out of fear of I might lose my salvation. I might go back to court again or I might yeah. <clears throat> I might um, fall away. But instead, when we understand and grasp that we have been adopted and grafted into the family that that we're able to move forward freely. And that was something we mentioned in the past one, too, is that we grow freely. We have peace with the father. And and, and this goes into the next the, our, our last question um, for us to answer is what is the benefit of adoption? What, what can we benefit from from knowing that we have been adopted or as just the, this whole thing? Um, I think one um, one good evaluation to, to go and read is First John. You can mm-hmm. read through First John, yeah. and First John all through the book he continues to to use the same term abide abide. Why? Because in 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 all of First John all through through all of it he goes to make the line in the sand between children of God or illegitimate children. Yeah, the light, the dark, um, all these things, the righteous, the unrighteous. And, 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 I, and I believe when you read through it, it's a good evaluation test for yourself. Where where are you in, in your way of thinking or your stance? And then just remind yourself and go through the scriptures again. Um, but one scripture I do want to point out in 1 John chapter 3, verse 2, it says, Beloved, we are God's children now, and what we will be has not yet appeared. But we know that when he appears, we shall be like him. Because we shall see him as he is, and everyone who thus hopes in him purifies himself as he is pure. And and and, and that's the benefit. And you know, there's a couple things listed here. Yeah. <clears throat> but um, the first thing I would want to list is purification. We are purified. He purifies us. He doesn't do that to illegitimate children. Yeah. And and and, and one example I could point to is when. Uh, when they bring up Esau and Jacob, mm. right? It says, Esau, uh, he says, Jacob, I love but Esau, Esau I hate it. Now we could go back and look over their lives, right? We could see through Jacob, this man went through trials. This man got, <laughs> he got played dirty a couple of times. And even then he was chastised. You could see it through his, through the, through the, the scriptures, his life, that this man was chastised by God. But you look. But if you were to um, go over Esau's life, he that didn't happen to Esau. He actually lived an okay life. And so then, if 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 we aren't in our word, we could look at that and say that wait a minute, Esau was blessed. But if you look at it from from this stance, no, Jacob was blessed because he was chastised by the father all of his life. He he left Esau to himself. And that's the world right there. Mm-hmm. So when we look back and, and we see this in the scripture, that, that his process of purifying and, and sanctifying us is that chastising in our life. So if you're going through a trial and you may be doubting or questioning, man, does God really love me? Am I really a child of God? Understand that you are because he only chastises those he loves. And if you come to this saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, remind yourself that you are a child of God because these trials only produce the good things that we need in our character, which aligns yeah. with Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And then the next thing I, I, would, I, 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 would, I would add um, <clears throat> is right here how it says that, that we will be like Jesus. That we will be like God. Now think about that. Before Christ came before even just the foundation of the world there was that perfect union that perfect harmony between the father the son and the holy spirit we are now in that mm-hmm. not 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 presently at this very moment but we will be when we, when all of us have have resurrected with him when 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 all of this have have passed and we are in, in eternity we will be in that perfect union with them and in and, and the other scriptures that we read that we will be co-heirs, we'll be reigning with Christ. And and, and as weird as it's as, as it may sound to, to, to say, but but Christ Jesus Christ is, is our fellow brother in the faith. Yeah, yep. that's what the scriptures say. I remember hearing that before, I'm like, man, 
That's weird. <laughs> what do you mean he's our fellow brother? <laughs> it's like almost like well, like when you look to your pastor and you know coming coming to the things of God, you say this is my brother in the faith too. <laughs> hey, brother. He's like, wait a minute, he's my pastor. <laughs> yeah, they're both true. Yeah, he's your pastor, but nonetheless, he is your brother in the things of God. I think uh, to be able to understand it a little bit more clearly, mm-hmm. it's like we're being restored to the garden. Oh yeah, because even in Luke chapter three, it has a genealogy. And then it lists Adam. It goes in and says, uh, son of Abel. I forget who it says, but then it says, Adam, the son of God. Mm. It calls Adam the son of God. Yeah. So when we are sons and daughters of, of God, it's like we're being restored to that to that first state of humanity where uh, the earth is perfect and humanity is back in relationship with God. In a perfect relationship with God without the fall. Yeah. Without the the, the effects of original sin. And we're we're restored back even uh, to be pure and naked before God without having to worry. It's like if we would have never have bitten the apple or the apple, the fruit. I'm not gonna say apple, but the fruit. You know, the forbidden yeah. fruit. We're the restored. <laughs> we're we're <laughs> restored. <laughs> we're we're restored to, to that original relationship that we have with Man, with if, you, if you if you put, if you look at it in that way, I mean I mean, we all know that, you know, how, how this may sound cliche, but how the Bible is the greatest love story ever told. <laughs> but it really is. No, yeah. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, if, I mean, I mean, even now what's coming to mind is the prodigal son mm-hmm. and how the, the son that left and, and spent all his things is really just humanity or, 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 or yeah, basically that. All, all of the, man. I would say the elect, but whatever. Well, <laughs> so don't one. don't quote me, don't quote me. <laughs> but um, but for okay, I'll say the believers. That's a good one. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyways, but um, how from the garden, the fall, all of all of man are are now under sin. We are all under the law. Um, but he reconciles us. He brings us back. He restores us just as mm-hmm. the prodigal son was restored Amen. and given back the position that um, that he had beforehand. If anything, he was given more. But but just from the beginning, from in the garden all the way till till now, you see through the scriptures the the greatest love story ever told. Really, it is like we rightly should be condemned. Yeah. But he saved us. How he did that, he sent his son. And you know, that that brings up something that, that was shared recently because recently in the news, um, Kobe and his daughter, um, this, yeah. this coach, this baseball coach, his wife and his daughter, and then I believe a couple other people, they, they, they finally re- re- Nine released people. all of the people yeah. that have passed in the helicopter mm-hmm. um, crash. They, somebody shared that, you know, I, it's, it's one thing to lose your life or it's another thing to lose your child and not have any or not be able to do anything to stop it right and it was a reference to kobe and his daughter in the helicopter how he wasn't able really to do anything to stop what was going to happen to them when they knew that they were going to crash but one thing that comes to mind is is god man knowing what god knows knowing that he had to it was the only way to restore humanity to restore people back to himself i mean that the only way would be to give his son mm. to die for us when we were dead in trans in, in, in our trespasses in our transgressions in our sins when we were dead that would be the only way to restore us and like man i came in i mean w- one of the things that that i said in that in that tweet was that you know i can't fathom the type of pain that that must be not being able to save your child but like man i can't even fathom that type of pain knowing that you have to give up your son in order to justify the law in order to justify a man that that being the only option that wouldn't give up any character of god not only that but the son willingly yeah laying his life down man i can't even <laughs> yeah that, that that praise the lord <laughs> I mean, I can't even fathom. I mean, even if I try to think about it, man, I wouldn't be able to sacrifice my son for another person. No, heck no. No, I'd be like, you nah, you, you, you do you, bro. <laughs> my son's coming home with me tonight. Yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, no, no. That, that's a. Uh, I think that. I mean, 
the whole question of why adoption is important or, to, mm-hmm. or, or at least to know this doctrine is all those things that were just mentioned you know what i mean yeah uh, it, it produces fruit in us to know that this is what god has done for us mm-hmm. and it, and it's not only it's not enough for it to reach the mind or to know the doctrine but the doctrine has to really go into your heart and that's when it's able to produce fruit and the spirit of god has to do a work in your heart because he reveals to us his word and he reveals to us really what he has done. It's that, that's why it's a real personal thing. And I think when we talk about personal relationship with God, that's what it means right there. That God reveals to us really what he has done for us. Mm-hmm. And it's in that intimacy and that personal relationship that we have with God. It produces a righteous joy in us that we want to please the Father in all things. And uh, this reminds me of even... Uh, so another thing... Um, why is this doctrine important is, uh, Or what's the benefit That's the last question Yeah guys. What's well, the What are the benefits of adoption I, I would say Assurance of faith mm. Assurance of salvation Assurance knowing that One day we are going to be like God One day yeah. we are going to see him as he is And we're going to We're going to be joyful and, and see him It's like It's like a child uh, Getting home after school Running to the arms of the parent that's that's how I see it. That's the 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 benefit of, of adoption that you can run to the arms of the Father. And uh, I just want to read from Psalm eighty nine. I think this really does um, uh, a good job to just to point out everything that we talked about today. It says, um, in verse uh, twenty, it says, "I have found David in my servant." So this first portion is, you know, we always see David as a reference to Christ. It says, I have found David, my servant with my holy oil. I have anointed him so that my hand shall be established with him. My arm also shall strengthen him. The enemy shall not outwit him. The wicked shall not uh, humble him. I will crush his foes before him and strike down those who hate him. Uh, My faithfulness and my steadfast love shall be with him and in my name shall his horn be exalted i will set his hand on the sea and on the right hand on the rivers he shall cry to me you are my father my god the rock of my salvation and i will make him the firstborn the highest of the kings of the earth my steadfast love i will keep for him forever and my covenant will stand firm with him that that's all uh, in reference to Christ. Mm-hmm. Now to the offspring, which are the believers, I will establish his offspring forever, and his throne as the days of the heavens. If his children forsake my law and do not walk according to my rules, if they violate my statutes and do not keep my commandments, then I will punish their transgression with the rod and their iniquity with stripes. But I will not remove from him my steadfast love mm. or be false to my faithfulness. I will not violate my covenants or alter the word that went forth from my lips. Once for all, I have sworn by my holiness. I will not lie to David. His offspring shall endure forever. His throne, as long as the sun before me, like the moon, it shall be established forever. A faithful witness in the skies. I think that just sums up everything that is adoption. What is Christ? What is the church to him? How much he, he how much love that the father has for the son. And through that love, it reflects on his children. Mm-hmm. And we are able to, to walk faithfully. Why? Because he says, I will not lie to my servant, David. I have sworn by my holiness. I have sworn I will not lie. I keep the words that come out from my lips. Why are we able to endure forever? It's because God is faithful. God has established a, a covenant. And the day of, of uh, the Last Supper, he says, I make a new covenant. The old covenant has passed away, meaning you had to do all these uh, ordinances and sacrifices and keep all these commandments, how to do your hair, how to walk, how to do this and how to do that. Now it's by faith. Now you receive the spirit of adoption. Now you are my children. Because before it was mm. man covering themselves. Now it's God covering man. The garden all over again. Man tried to cover himself, Adam and Eve. Yeah. 
And then God came and clothed them. Mm-hmm. And not only that, but when we stumble, because we will, mm-hmm. he has sworn that I will I will discipline them. I will punish. Uh, it says right here. Uh, then I will punish their transgression with the rod and their iniquity with stripes. So there is but chastising. There's chastisement. Yeah. But what, what has the eternal chastisement been? That Jesus Christ was by his stripes we are healed he was chastised ultimately in our in our place yeah so jesus christ has dealt with our iniquity our our eternal condemnation he has dealt with it he has removed it and now we do get discipline but our eternal consequence has been dealt with now we are, we are able to receive that chastisement from the lord but it's not to to uh condemn you it's to build you up even today, before we uh, started recording uh, this podcast, I had to have, have a little conversation with my son because he was acting up a little bit. And he wasn't trying to receive the, the chastisement that I was giving him. And he, he kind of was just trying to... He, he was mad because he was getting in trouble. But then I had to explain to him, hey, the discipline that you're receiving is because I love you. The discipline that you're receiving is because I don't want to leave you like this. In the day that I... Excuse me. And the day that I tell you that I don't care, which will never come, if if the day comes that that's, that I tell you, you know what, I'm not going to discipline you anymore. You go do what you have to do. And then then you know that 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 um that I that it's you know I don't care anymore. But that day won't come because I'm his father. And I tell him if I tell you that I don't care, that means you know if I let you do whatever you want, that means I don't care. But I do care. That's why I'm not gonna let you do what you want. When when you uh, uh, when you fall short and when you do things that are wrong, you're gonna get disciplined. But it's not because I I, I want to punish you. It's because I want to see you grow from that. It's because I want to see you. I don't want to see you down like that. I want to build you up and I and through my love, I want to see you become better. And that's what holiness means. God chastises us in order to build up our sanctification, in order to build up our character, in order to build our endurance in, the, in those times. And it's, it's, and it's through those hard times that God chastises us that our character is being built up. Mm-hmm. Because through the love of God, through Jesus Christ, that's what he does. He's conforming us to the image of his son, Jesus Christ. So that's what adoption, you know, I, that's when I th- well, that's what I think of when we when I think about the benefits of adoption is assurance of salvation yeah. and how God deals with us. Um, one of the things that I think about when I, when I hear about adoption and the benefits, um, I think one one thing is just that you're going to you're going to have a greater joy mm. to to walk faithfully, honorably joyfully um in the book of john in the in the last couple chapters when uh, just before jesus was going to go get crucified uh the bible says that he now showed his disciples the full extent of his love or or loved them to the full meaning because he knows he was about to go get crucified he with his he had like his last few moments with his disciples and he showed them uh, uh, some really intimate stuff. We we see that with the washing of the the, the the disciples' feet, which we know that that's that's the advocate right there that he washes your feet, um, and, and and a bunch of other things. But I just want to read to you the last couple couple of verses on, on Jan, John chapter fifteen, where he says this: "Just as the Father has loved me, I have also loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments." You will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be made full. And so, um, I think it also uh, changes up those uh, those uh, those cliche Christian quotes that, that that people always say, like Jesus loves you, or or uh, you know uh, God loves you. So you don't want to say that to the wrong person, first off, uh-huh. but. Uh, but to the child of God, that that, that gives it a, a totally different meaning. Yeah. Because, I mean, just check it out what, what, what that verse said. Just as the Father has loved me, I also have loved you. In other words, you can know the, about the Father's love. You can know how the Father loves you by the way that I'm loving you right now. 
because we know that the Trinity, that they're all, they're all one, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit, they're all one. So so this is a, a way of showing you the Father's love through Jesus. And he, he's saying, I have also loved you, abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Now, we don't want to get that twisted and say, well, if, if I if I follow the rules, then, then he'll love me. It's it's more like that, that regeneration right there of, of the heart, that, that he transforms your heart that you uh, wanting to follow God, you wanting to honor your father, you wanting to, to do these things is just evidence that, 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 that you and God are, you and God have that, that right relationship and, and that you know that just as I'm keeping my, my father's commandments and abiding his love, you're, you're doing the same thing by doing these things, by, by what, by on, honoring him. Because no child wants to honor somebody that, that they don't know. Uh, if I'm a child, I want to honor my father. How am I going to honor him with my life? And how am I going to honor him with my life? By keeping his word. By, 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 by fearing him. By, by, by respecting him. But, but, but doing what my father calls me to do. And he's saying these things I'm speaking to you that you, my joy may be in you and that your joy may be made full. And others, now that you're doing these things, my love is going to be in you. And you're going to know that I have loved you with a great love, that I'm loving you to the full. And that this is going to make your joy full, complete. This is you knowing these things, honoring, loving. And the father is just pouring out his love on you as a son, as, 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 as adoption. You're just going to walk in a greater joy. Knowing that, that that you have an intimacy with the Father like no other one has. I think that's the great thing that of, of knowing also with, with how God chooses. Even earlier he says, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you to go and bear fruit in the same chapter. And so, so benefits of adoption is knowing that God has chosen you and he cho- chooses you and he chooses to, to, to have a great, relationship with you those those quotes you know that god wants to have a relationship with you it just gives it a full different meaning mm-hmm. it gives it a total different meaning and to the child of god yes he has a great uh, uh, an intimate relationship with you and it's just going to cause you to to want more of God to walk joyfully to walk faithfully to walk honorably in all of your life because you're living to please your father not living to please others even Paul tells us don't 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 be men pleasers don't 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 please the people who cares about them please your father and what he's calling you to do and so me, every, every time I think about the benefits, it's, it's just going to walk cause you to walk joyfully. Yeah. And, and that's I, what I think about. And, and you know what? I, I didn't notice that in that scripture, that we see the baton passing of the covenant. Mm-hmm. How, how Jesus says, I keep my commandments, right? Which was what? The two that, that he went to go on to mention to the Pharisees, to love the Father, love God, right? <laughs> and then the second neighbor. is to love neighbor as, mm-hmm. as, as thyself. To keep his commandments as he kept his father's mm. being the old covenant and so there we we see the baton passing and that that's just a little side note i just saw right now but um but it, it, but, but man in 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 full well actually in, in in basically a summation of what you were just saying is just like it leads us to doxology a proper mm. and mm-hmm. rightly mm-hmm. doxology mm-hmm. we're able to correctly give praise and glory to our father in fact, we can even now mention that he is our father. Yeah. Right. And 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 um, one of the things too I also want to point out is that. Oh man, my mind just went blank. We Sorry. worship him in spirit and in truth, and we are able to really yeah. give all that is of us unto God in worship and admiration, and uh, and when we come and worship God, we really just really just give it all because yeah. of these things. Oh, okay, so. So basically, just to summarize all, all of what we just mentioned, you are condemned, right? And so we, there's that court scene, we're condemned. The judge, obviously you're gonna stand guilty. The, the um, Our advocate, our lawyer, our defense attorney, he comes in, Jesus Christ, 
telling the judge that it's already been paid for. His um, his condemnation is taken away. The judge now declares us righteous before him. We are justified before the judge, right? And then it's almost like as if now, now our advocate, Jesus now turns to us after the, the gavel has been dropped that we have been justified. He turns to us, he's like, you know what? Even more, my father, the judge, he now is gonna adopt you. Mm. He's like, man, like, like I did this against this, this God. I did this against the Lord, right? The creator of the universe, all these things. And then not only out of his love, he justified me, right? Where, where I'm already standing condemned and guilty before him. Now the, the, the advocate, the son, Jesus Christ, he turns to us and says, no longer are you a slave. No longer are you this. Now you are my friend. Now you have been adopted. Mm. The judge mm. now wants mm. to adopt you into the family. And it's almost like the, like the greatest like welcome home. Mm-hmm. Man. And, and, and not only that, but the, the judge that turned into the father, he, he's a rich man. Yeah. So when, when all that he has is now yours. Damn. Think about that. I hope this is very edifying <laughs> for you as you listen. Amen. Pray I hope God. and pray that you, the listener, would would read. You know, as as, as we mentioned these doctrines, as we mentioned these scriptures, go back. You know, yeah. after this, after listening to this podcast, go back, read into it yourself, see for for yourself. Don't just take us at our word. See for it yourself and really read and come to that knowledge that man, I have been adopted. I've been engrafted into the family. Mm-hmm. And really just see how, how, how the joy just comes from that. We rightly now praise our father, you know, before it, it almost is as if like, like how I think it was you, Martin, that mentioned earlier that it's almost like a burden or I think it was you from the book that, that you, that you mentioned from yeah, Reformed Joy that it's almost like a type of slavery that now we, we act this way in, in, in a way of, of second thinking that, you know, others may judge us if we don't do these things because we're a Christian. But now yeah. they, they, they freely come. We freely grow in the grace of our Father. And and man, it, it, it only helps us in our walk to secure us, man. Amen. Praise God. And they, like we said, uh, these are the doctrines that are, are the groundwork for the questions later on that we're going to answer. So yeah. I hope and I pray, as Justin said, that you were edified, that you were built up, that you were encouraged in hearing these things. So this is episode three, adoption. Go three. and check out. 30. <laughs> 30. Theology uh, 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 matters. Uh, <laughs> take out people and put Martin. <laughs> what is wrong with you, Martin? <laughs> hey, it's late, man. But anyways, uh, episode 30, adoption. And the, the way that we're going right now with these episodes, this that's, that's what we want to do. We want to establish a real theological foundation to ask a bigger question that we're going to ask later on and in, in, as we get yeah. deeper into these doctrines. But I hope you guys were edified hope you guys were built up go check out justification by faith episode mm-hmm. go check out theology matters because uh, this is these are the the doctrines that separate the christian faith from anywhere else then they're, they're unique to the christian faith and there's no other doctrines like it it's a it's a doctrine that that bends our hearts towards jesus christ himself yeah so i hope you were edified and uh man uh shout out to um Oh, so. Sorry for that. <laughs> I don't know who's doing that. <laughs> Anyways, uh, and man, shout out to our Instagram followers, man. Y'all, y'all popping, man. You, you guys, you guys are, are the real MVPs right here. Uh, we we uh, did the the giveaway. We did the Reformed Raza official merch T-shirt and the yeah. American Gospel uh, DVD giveaway. And shout out to the winner, the T and H Hub. Uh, her name is Lauren. She does a podcast called Tulips and Honey. So she she won the drawing for that. So shout out to her. Shout out to all the Instagram followers and everybody that Those participated. Those who participated. Yeah, yeah. Really tr- we truly appreciate your support. And uh, and when we interact with you on Instagram, man, it just edifies, uh, edifies and humbles us to knowing that, you know, God is using this little podcast. So yeah. if you're not following us on Instagram, I encourage you to go follow us because we have a lot more content. You know, we have videos out there. We haven't done a, a Rasa Talks or our Evangelism oh, Rasa yeah. video. In the, I'll in get the, ready. In while, it's going to be coming pretty soon. We're going to get it in. We're going to get it in. <laughs> Also, I, I think I think I also want to give a shout out to um, to the word 
Con Sazón. From the Crisis Cultura Now Network. Damn. He's, he's, he's coming up, bro. So, so, so this brother. new podcast that has been set out is is a is a group of it's a collective group of different pastors reformed pastors pastors that are teaching reformed latinos biblical eh? um scripture you're just biblically addressing these things and and um man if, if you want some good preaching go ahead and go there mm-hmm. yeah amen That's praise the lord and so if you have any questions comments concerns or rebukes hit us up at reformedrasa at gmail.com if you think we did a horrible job in explaining these doctrines go ahead and hit us up and tell us where us we're email. wrong tell us where we're wrong and we will correct we're open to uh, correction mm-hmm. so gracias for tuning in this is Reformed Raza we are checking out yes <laughs> <laughs> continue to grow with us as we are growing still <laughs> peace <laughs>